so we're we're starting a, a couple minutes late because I was a couple minutes late uh, dropping the kids off, and it's I'm. Have you been out at night at all? Uh, not really. Actually, I was just thinking about that. I think I walked on to my driveway like last Saturday and just was watching shit and yeah, uh, uh, was really quiet. And I realized I haven't been out at nighttime in you know over a month, probably. So yeah, yeah, and especially with the sunset getting later now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're coming home from work in the dark or whatever, but, right. um, I'm, I'm out at night frequently, you know, with the kids taking the kids home or picking them up or whatever, or mm-hmm. and, and, uh, doing the grocery thing sometimes. And it, it's really bizarre. Like I was just out at nine, like 15, there's nobody on the road. Right. I mean, it seems like you know, 3 a.m. That's, that's the thing I always liked about being out, you know, late at night in the middle of the night, there's nobody on the road, but for the roads just to be empty at, you know, a little, little after nine at night is kind of odd, but welcome. (laughs) I also have this thing, which I think we've talked about this before, not on here, but how I always expect it to be cold at night when I go outside. Do you get that like in the summer too? Yeah, a little bit. I more so now and yeah, in the winter time. But if it's like June, July, August, I don't expect it. So when I walk outside and it is chilly, I'm always surprised. I for some reason I always associate night with chilly. So mm-hmm. I walk out in like the middle of the summer and it's warm. It's mm-hmm. always like. I mean, I, sh- I know it shouldn't be a surprise, but it's always kind of a pleasant surprise. Like, oh, it's not cold. And I don't know why that is. I think I think just because I dread the cold so much and it's colder at night in the winter. So I, I don't know. But That's actually one of the best feelings to walk out in, in the summer at like, you know, 11 o'clock and it's still oh, warm. Yeah. I yeah. love that feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it's especially nice if you're ever outside for a long period of time at night and you don't need a jacket and you're not, you know, the least bit chilly. And that's why, like, summertime night games at Wrigley Field are just, like, the best. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you go, and I, I mean, like, actual summertime, you go and, like, the game's over and you can just kind of, mm-hmm. like, hang out or whatever and not be cold at all. Right. It's the best feeling ever. But, um. I don't know. Kind of seems like we might not be getting that at all this year with the way the baseball stuff is going, but yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Right. We probably won't be there this year. If I had to put money on it, we'll be watching it on TV. Yeah. Really. I think that's probably right. Um, the, the Illinois stay at home order is supposed to end April 30th, but I've been thinking about it and just from everything I've read, it, do, it doesn't look like it's going to, which means right. I, I'm Wasn't not going back to work. Is it so. a couple weeks uh, into mid May? Uh, as of today, they hadn't. Oh, the, okay. the, Lori Lightfoot, the Chicago mayor thought that they probably would, but I don't think it has been officially extended. Okay. But, um, you know, I was worried I was going to have to go back to work May 1st, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a little while. 
and uh, I'm kind of worried about how I'm going to adjust going back to work, but we'll see. Now, are you more productive? At home, I would say I'm more productive. Yeah, because I'm, I mean, there, there, there are fewer interruptions of people coming in and bothering me. Um, and I'm just working, you know, I'm working at my house during the day. There's nobody here. Um, tomorrow the kids will be here for e-learning. So that'll be, um, a little bit more disruptive, but they won't come over, you know, I won't get them until a couple hours into the day so I can get a couple of hours of solid work done and then they can come over and, um, I'll have to kind of do both and that's fine. I mean, they, you know, they're pretty much self-sufficient on that stuff, but I definitely just like all things equal, like I definitely get more things done here um, than I do at work. And although, I mean, there are some challenges, but all in all, if, if they ever told me like, Oh, you can just work from home all the time now. I, I, I wouldn't decline. That's for sure. like I wonder if jobs will if this has given employers time to see that you know a lot of jobs can be done from home not I, I don't know um office office jobs right yeah I, to me what it does is you know I don't think you're going to see a wide shift to at home work but right I that it will show employers that in certain situations it'll be fine. Right. And especially like even in my office, there was always this idea that, you know, somebody's got to be there and you know, you, you're not as efficient at home and well, now everybody's doing it at home, you know? So, Mm -hmm. you know, granted you don't want everybody to be at home all the time, but if somebody has got something going on and they can work from home for a week or two, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's just not going to be a problem. Right. Which is, really nice for a lot of people. So I don't know. We'll see. Does it seem like things are getting, well, you've been going to Strax and you said it's not that bad there, but I've noticed that things are getting a little bit more back to normal at the grocery store with some items. I think, yeah, I had, I went to Strax on Sunday. I think it was Sunday. Um, And uh, it was in the late afternoon, early uh, evening, and they actually had toilet paper. It wasn't a lot. Yeah, right. Uh, but they actually had several 20 packages of it of uh, varying um, uh, toilet paper products. So I was, yeah. that was the first time in probably six weeks or something. So yeah, um, yeah. It's definitely good. And even um, just things like pasta aren't mm-hmm. as white as they were before. And, you know, right. I think people are getting a little bit more caught up on that stuff now. So they're, they're not hoarding it. And bread, like, you know, bread has been pretty plentiful lately. Mm-hmm. So. Ramen is still pretty wiped out. Um, oh, at, at Meyer, I was surprised. Meyer or ramen was fully stocked the other day. Really? The only... <laughs> It's funny because the only flavors that they have are the ones I eat are the like oh, the fucking weird ones. So yeah. I've 
bought it a while and I'll I'll just like walk by in order to see what they have. And it's still the like chicken and beef are always uh wiped out, but then the like the chili or the cream chicken whatever those are always there. Yeah. I don't know I don't even know if I've ever had ramen. Really? I don't, I mean, my kids eat it. Ben loves it. Mm-hmm. And I know you've always eaten it, but I don't, do you get like the bowls or do you get the like packages that you have to put in a bowl? Yeah. yeah I just buy the package and yeah. then I add like eggs and tuna fish and vegetables and mushrooms and oh yeah, all that. Fancy it up. Yeah. That's that's a good way to do it. Well, one of the things that is still wiped out, and I read an article about it tonight. I've noticed it the past few times. I think I might have mentioned it on here before. Is yeast, mm. baking yeast? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you had mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, and uh, you know, apparently a lot of people are baking bread. Um, you know, you're, you got nothing else to do, I guess. So you're, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I've been doing, I've been doing it too. I've baked a few loaves of bread, but, um, I guess the problem is, well, it's, it's two problems one, or three problems. One, the demand is just like sky high, like 600% increase over the previous month. And this is supposed to be like the slow time of year for yeast manufacturers. So they had like dialed down their production to begin with. So to ramp it up again is is difficult so that's one problem the other problem is the the packaging they just don't have enough packaging to package the yeast and get it out and they don't have enough people to work the packaging to get it out wow the third problem is that they just can't grow it fast enough because Mm -hmm. it takes 10 days ideally for the yeast to like multiply whatever uh to to be productive. So there's a time element that like, you just can't make it any faster, you know? So they're churning it out as much as they can, but they think that it, there's still going to be a lag in it for a while. Um, so in the article, they, they linked to this um, recipe for kind of make your own yeast that you can use. Yeah. That entails um, using old flour um, what is it? Old flour, water, and like fruit okay. and just let it ferment for a couple of days. And that will produce, produce some yeast that you can use for baking, but it won't be as like reliable as the yeast that you purchase, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it might, you know, your bread might be a little uneven or it might not rise evenly or whatever. So um, you trying it out. I'm not going to try that, I don't think, but I think I am going to try some sourdough. I've always wanted to get like a sourdough starter going. Mm-hmm. It takes like multiple days for it to get going, you know, and like you can feed it and keep it going. And and so I think I might actually, because I love sourdough bread and, you know, I'm not doing anything else. I got nothing else to do but to feed a sourdough <laughs> starter, you know, once a day or whatever. Right. And so maybe we'll actually have some follow through on this podcast. And on Sunday, I can report back and let you know how the sourdough starter is going. What else do we have to follow up on? I, 
No, that there's a few things. Uh, yeah, we should movie. We should make the microwave cooking. Microwave cooking. I have to watch terms of endearment. Yes. Um. um uh, bologna. Bologna. You were do a taste test. Oh. Oh. Yeah. 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 And uh, chicken. Chicken sandwiches. Yes. Um, what else? Maybe maybe we'll do a special show, just like a recap show, right? Uh, uh, food, uh, you know, this is what we've. This is these are all the things that we were going to report back on. That would be cool. I think. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have to remind everybody why they why we why we talked about it in the first place. Although, is there really really a reason we talk about any of this stuff? I don't oh. know how we how, how we end up talking about this That's stuff. Why anyway. it's so good. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Do you ever wonder if the people listening are like, why are we even listening to these guys? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I have. Cause like, Cause like, I know, you know, we know, we know some of the people we know, like basically one or two people who listen consistently. Right. You know? And the rest, it's all, it's all a crapshoot. My son did listen to the last episode, which was like the first episode in like six or seven episodes that he's listened to. <laughs> but I mean, but then I think, you know, I, I just listened to four episodes of the WTF podcast today and from like 2011. And I thought, why the hell do I care what any of these people have to say? Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're the early ones. So it's all comedians, mm-hmm. but like, they weren't comedians that I'd ever heard of. Right. And like, you know, they were just talking. So really it's just conversation and conversation is. Conversation's fun. It's interesting. Yeah. That's when things like pop up that you can possibly relate to or. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're seeing now when people are just isolated with the same people all the time that, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe there's a thirst for, conversation with others you know and even just listening to people talk or whatever have you been bored yet uh i haven't been bored okay i don't think i've been bored at all i haven't either i've been um i've been overwhelmed i've been um what's the word um almost like a feeling of like it's weird because on the one hand, like certain moments or hours will feel like they're moving in slow motion. Mm -hmm. But then like, sometimes I can't believe how fast time is going. Like I've been doing this for more than a month now. We, well, we've all been doing this for more than a month now. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking about that and like, I haven't been to work in five weeks. Like that's a long time, right? you know? Right. But no, I, I haven't been there has, I think because I gen generally just have so much to do and so many things that I could do anyway, mm-hmm. there hasn't been a moment where I'm like, Oh God, what am I going to do? It's more like, okay, now what am I going to do? I got all this crap I could do. Like what, which of these things am I going to do? So no, but I don't think that either one of us are people that are ever bored by nature, you know, cause we got things to well, do yeah that we're all keeping busy with i mean whether 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 they're like productive or just trivial i mean right 
I mean, there's always something to do. And I'm like happy I have all these interests that help me pass the time. Yeah. I will say I've done a hell of a lot of cleaning and that's, that's kind of my go-to when I, when nothing else sounds good, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll clean something, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm still getting settled in this new place and it's still, you know, just finding time to do everything that I have to do here. It's still, you know, nowhere near how I want it. And it's still a disorganized mess in some respects, but like I'm the opposite. I'm like, well, no, I, I really, these last five weeks, I could have cleaned my garage out like probably like yeah. 50 times. Right. But I'm always like, well, playing guitar sounds a lot better. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I mean, I'm kind of like, goofing off still when I sh- should be a little more productive, but I mean, I'm productive in other areas. I mean, I'm obviously working still and doing house things and yard things and whatever else. But when there's some like chore thing that I've been putting off because I had the excuse of, well, I mean, I'm so busy. I'm like out constantly <laughs> now. Right. It's just like, well, I still want to want to handle it. I'm just gonna watch some show or learn a song or whatever, yeah. or or yeah. just like look at the wall. I mean, I still yeah. would rather just hang out than do certain house shit. Right. Yeah, I do wonder if people in general are getting more things done that we're in the, you know, oh, when I get around to it category, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, you can always find excuses not to do things, but when you're, if, if you are at home, you know, right. and I think you and I are kind of special cases in this and that we're both still working full time. Y- yes. Yeah. You know, and I've, this, this entire thing has been, has coincided with me getting this new place and, you know, adjusting to the new schedule with the kids and I've never lived alone before. So I've never had this much time to myself before, mm-hmm. which is, has really been an adjustment. But one that, you know, before when I had, would have time to myself, it would be like, okay, I got a few hours. What am I going to do? But now it's like, all right, I got like two or three days by myself, <laughs> you know, like I got time to do stuff, you know? So, um, it's that's definitely you know not the thing that a lot of people are experiencing but um i'm glad we've both been able to avoid boredom yeah if they're if they're bored they can just listen to one of our one of our past episodes oh yeah how many are there now um this is number 34 oh yeah so i mean there are they're obviously listening to this one now so uh if uh, this is your first one or your more recent one. Um, head head back and start back in January and catch up. Catch up and look through our topics and you'll see that we talk about all kinds of great stuff. Um, speaking of great stuff, I yesterday while I was working, 
I turned on the television and usually I'm just listening to podcasts. Actually, while I'm working, I'm not usually listening to anything because I can't, I can't read or write and do anything else. I can't like listen to something and write or listen to something and read because I just won't understand anything. So I usually just have it quiet when I'm working, but I wanted just like some background noise yesterday. So I turned on the television and I'm just like going through the channels and I come across the biography channel just in time to see the beginning of a, the biography about Andre the Giant. Oh, is that uh, that documentary that came out a couple years ago? No, I don't. I don't think it's that. This oh. looked like it was like. Remember A and E biography? Oh team? yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they made like an entire channel of just the that biography show. And this looked like, just from the people they had on, it looked like it was probably like late 90s it was made. Um, so it, it wasn't that. Yeah, I forgot there was like a documentary made about him, wasn't Did there? you watch it? No, I didn't. Holy shit. It is. Did you watch it? Yeah, oh, hell yeah. It yeah. is awesome. I'll, I, I I actually might go back and watch it now because this biography of him was awesome too. Oh man, like I don't. Uh, we are products of the eighties and nineties, and you know I. Uh, we were watching him on the tail end of his career, really, and I didn't yeah. realize that at the time. Yeah. Like he was the shit. Like it was yeah. like they had to basically jump through hoops to book him in the seventies. Right. That's how big it was. And it's, he had such an interesting life. It's such a, such a cool movie. Yeah. I would yeah. highly, highly recommend it for you and anybody listening that, I don't know, has any interest in entertainment and wrestling. Um, well, check the, it out. The, the thing is, like you know, a lot of people will know him from the Princess Bride, right? You know, yeah, which did you know well into his career, like in the eighties, sometime. And in this biography, they said that was the thing he was most proud of in, mm -hmm. in all of his life. He was most proud of that movie of, mm -hmm. his, of the way he, of his role in that movie. But they just repeated, you know, so many times how you know he was such a big guy mm -hmm. and. So intimidating but he was so gentle right. so kind to everybody all the time mm -hmm. and how his life was just a hassle right everything yeah for him was a hassle and the in the the they had his um like i i don't know like personal assistant or whoever he was that that was like always working with him and he said, like, you know, his life was affected in ways that people don't even think about. But when you think about it, you realize, God, that would really suck. Like, you know, going out to dinner mm -hmm. and every table you sit at, it, it's it's a table that's too small for you. Yeah. You know, you can't sit in the chair properly. You pick up a fork. It's entirely too small for your hands. So it's hard to eat anything. Mm -hmm. Um you, you go to a hotel, the bed is too small. Right. You go to dial the phone at the hotel, your finger, you can't even dial, dial the phone because your finger is twice the size of the button. So right. you can't hit one button at a time. Getting dressed. I yeah. Mean. And, um, 
you know, and he had this disease where he literally could not stop growing. Right. And, you know, it, it, his head grew bigger and in the last, you know, they, they, the doctor said he was a medical miracle that he even lived into his forties. They, they expected him to die before that. Mm-hmm. When did he, he was 46 when he passed away. I think so. Yeah. yeah. 46. And, um, but they said, you know, he had a back near the, near the end, he had back surgery mm-hmm. and they said that one of the, the biggest complication of the back surgery was that the anesthesiologist had no idea how much anesthesia to give him. Right. Because he was so big and they'd never worked on anybody like that before. And like, you don't want to give him too little because you don't want him to wake up. You don't want him to give him too much because you might kill him. So they said the only, the only thing that they could, the only way that they could calculate it was to find out how much it took to get him drunk. Right. And he said, after like a bottle and a half of vodka, he began to get a buzz. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like <laughs> ridiculous. Like then, half a bottle would kill you. In this movie, they're talking to like um, Hulk Hogan and he was telling stories of how much he would drink. And right. we're yeah. talking like. Uh, I can't remember the actual like number, but it was something like he could drink like two or three bottles of cognac, like yeah. a case and a half of beer and just all this shit. And he would barely be drunk. Right. Well, they, they said that like whenever he went out, he was always the designated driver because he would never be drunk. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like everybody else could just be totally smashed and he was fine. Right. They, and they also showed footage of him from early in his career and pictures of him early in his career. He was absolutely ripped. Like, yeah, just like, you know, I, cause I think of him late in his career in like WrestleMania three, WrestleMania four, by then, like his body had been so ravaged by this disease and he was so big that, you know, he could barely walk. He couldn't, he wasn't, you know, moving around as much as he was before, mm-hmm. but when he was younger, like he was, he was just, and they made a point to say that like he, he was tall, but he wasn't like basketball players, like long and lanky with like long legs and everything. Like mm-hmm. his body was proportional to like a normal sized person. So he, and he was like just ripped. He just looked like a big normal person, mm-hmm. but, and he was just like an athletic specimen and they, and they made the point repeatedly that like nobody could have ever beaten this guy. Like right. even Hulk Hogan. Well, like, and, like his first loss, and I realize it's scripted, blah, blah, blah. But his first loss was WrestleMania three. to Right. They, yeah. yeah. And that's what they said. That, like they build it as his first loss. Mm-hmm. He was undefeated to that time. And, but, and they said, you know, that it was, like a big deal for him to consent to Hulk Hogan beating him mm-hmm. and that like, it was a realization of like, you know, you were, you were, you were willing to take this loss because you know how big this could be for wrestling and how big this match is for wrestling. And like, there's 93,000 people at the silver dome in, in Pontiac, Michigan to watch this. It's such a big deal. 
and he knew that it was going to be a big deal and he just he said okay i'll lose and and he lost right um but this all like really played tricks on nine and ten year old brett's mind because (laughs) in my mind he's like the evil andre the giant that i watched in wrestlemania 4 you know yes he was always bad for me right he was always bad right yeah Yeah. that's the only time i watched because the goddamn bobby the brain heenan yeah yeah bobby the brain heenan was his manager and you know he was he was just the bad guy, the the bad, scary guy with huge hands. And um, to, to find out that he was like an actual good guy. And like, I was at the wrestling match February 5th, 1988, when he beat Hulk Hogan for the heavyweight championship. Okay. In on, on Friday night's main event. And I was devastated. <laughs> <laughs> I was, let's see, February 5th, 88. I was not quite 10. Right. But I was devastated. And like that night, like there was nobody I hated more in my life than Andre the Giant, you know? Um, Do you remember like, well, obviously because we're talking about it, talking about it, how, how, how invested we were in wrestling and the outcome. Oh, yeah. Like I remember being so disturbed that macho man crush Ricky the dragon steamboats like yeah. uh windpipe yeah <laughs> yeah and and like the after, bell, WrestleMania three yeah so like he well I thought it was I thought it was before that it was just a normal oh, what I think it was I think it was a regular match right yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, now they would they would do these interviews with them with uh, uh, the dragon like afterwards when he's like rehabbing and he he can barely talk and stuff and I'm like so so torn up about it I'm like I can't believe Macho fucked the Macho Man I can't believe he almost killed Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and I was so pissed yeah. And then your mind was probably totally blown a couple years later when he turns into a good guy. Right. Know? Oh, yeah. No, one of the best things, and I I think I um, told you this, anybody out there that wants to be entertained, like Macho Man was the ultimate entertainer, head oh, on yeah. YouTube and look up old interviews. That guy <laughs> is so fucking awesome. Yeah, he gave the greatest interviews. Yeah, yeah, he 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 really was a character. Yeah, Mm -hmm. him and Ultimate Warrior too, who was just like total space cadet. I mean, yeah, that guy just was was crazy. Yeah, but yeah, WrestleMania four. That was the year they had the tournament, and I was that was my I wasn't into it for WrestleMania three. I got into it right after that, but mm-hmm. then for WrestleMania four, I was really into it. And my dad took me. They didn't have pay per view where I lived, so we had to go to watch it on closed circuit television. Mm-hmm. And we went to the International Amphitheater in Chicago and just sat and sat there, and they had a huge television screen set up to watch it. Wow. And, when he won, I was so 
happy. <laughs> like I, I just remember like cheering so much that, uh, that he won. But the, the thing, like if you were into wrestling at that time, it's great now to hear like some of the stories that wrestlers from that time tell. Cause like crazy shit was going oh, on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, there's a, another movie you should watch. Uh, there's a, um, I think it was a 30 for 30 on uh, Ric Flair. Oh, okay. Like if you want some entertaining stories on, and like Ric Flair, that guy, I mean, he he lived it. He literally turned himself into Ric Flair. It was like no longer right. a character. He like lived yeah. his life how he portrayed the character. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and there's so many crazy stories he has. And he's yeah. still alive, too. I mean, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, even like, you know, with WrestleMania 4, when they announced the like tournament bracket, mm-hmm. it, it was one way. But then when it happened, it was a completely different bracket because, and I, I can't remember the exact story behind it, but it was something like, um, like the honky tonk man refused to lose his title to somebody so because of that, they had to change the way the heavyweight championship tournament was going to go. Or I, I forget what it was, but it was something like totally bizarre that like they had to change the whole thing because in real life, somebody refused to lose the match. Like wow. they had it all set up. And then when they presented it to this guy, he was like, no, I'm not doing that. So then they had to like totally redo the tournament after it was announced just stuff like that. Like, yeah, you know, it's just like sports entertainment or whatever, but there's still like real life drama going on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Right. Like with Ric Flair, like, yeah, all of, you know, the stuff, you know, on camera is all scripted and whatever, but like off camera, he's actually living the life of Ric Flair and like (laughs) becoming his character, you know? Yeah. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I, but then at some point, like, do you remember when you lost interest? Yeah, probably. Um, uh, I know you and I were still watching in middle school because we would yeah. talk about it. It was probably maybe eighth or ninth grade. I mean, is yeah, yeah. I I went to WrestleMania eight, mm-hmm. which was in Indianapolis. And I think that was the last thing that I was into. Like, I think shortly thereafter, I, I like almost completely lost interest in WrestleMania eight. Let's see. WrestleMania four would have been in 1988. So that would have been 1992. So yeah, 14, like, yeah. Freshman year, freshman year in high school. Um, yeah. And then, you know, after that, it, you know, six or seven years later, it really started to blow up even bigger than it was. Mm-hmm. And now, now, like when I hear about wrestlers, I, I always like, who the hell even is that? You know, I've never even heard of that person, but yeah. And you know, what's funny, I think in, and I could be getting this, these dates wrong, but I think like, it's funny to hear who was big 
in like the late nineties to like early to mid two thousands, like Sean uh, Michaels was yeah like the heavyweight champion for like a long time. He was really popular, but I remember him being in the Rockers in like yeah. the like late eighties. I'm like, wait, why did they make him so big? He he fucking right. sucked back then. Yeah, when when we were watching it, he was just like this forgettable, like you know, pretty boy, Southern California, yeah. blonde hair, like yeah, just like oh god, now he's like he's what you're hanging the entire mm-hmm. organization, mm-hmm. you know, just bizarre. Yeah, um, but. heading this next topic is kind of um, kind of along the same lines of like reminiscing from childhood and recent documentaries um were you i can't remember were you into the bulls uh run in the 90s i was anti-bulls you were anti-bulls okay i yeah. would i would <clears throat> i would watch with my dad um i liked basketball but like not as much as um, tennis baseball and football but we would watch it because of Michael Jordan and we watch yeah. every title run. And, um, but there's a new, um, ESPN documentary out. It's a 10 part series. Right. Um, have you heard of it? I mean, yeah, it's about like that whole 98 season, right? That yeah. 97 yeah. season. The, um, first two came out last Sunday and, they were awesome but like you know you know how awesome michael jordan was and you don't forget it but you kind of do because of time i mean you'll he'll like anybody in this area will call him the greatest athlete ever um and you know that i kind of no, he's the greatest basketball player for sure. I mean, he sucks right. at baseball. He can't really golf well from what I hear. So I, he's probably not the best athlete. But by he's, he's fucking Michael Jordan. I mean, he right. transcends everything. The popularity. But watching that, you are reminded how – how great of a fucking basketball player he was. You, you after after not seeing him for all these years, I mean, you kind of have have this imagery that he was awesome, but to be reminded of it and watching old highlights. And after I watched those first two, I went on YouTube and pulled up highlights, and I can't believe that chicago had an athlete like that it's fucking crazy how yeah how great he was yeah and i think i think part of it the reason that you know people might not realize how great he was is because there's nobody like that today you know even with kobe Bryant and lebron james and whatever like it's just different you know it is yeah and no, I'll always say we've had this conversation. 
I have a hard time calling anybody the best ever in uh, sports because rules change. Okay, I've given the ex- right. examples of Tom Brady is not the best football player ever. People will argue he has benefited from the current rules. Um, Roger Federer is not the best ever. He benefited. He, he benefits from current technology. Okay, and better conditions. Mike Trout is not the best baseball player ever because um, there are expanded rosters, expanded teams, talents. Right. Talent is watered down. Okay. Right. But you know, when you go back and watch, like Jordan <laughs> may possibly be the best basketball player ever because of the like today i don't know if you watch much basketball now i don't i just kind of read up on it just to just to keep current i don't even know why i even read up on it it's i guess it's habit but like nba basketball it's kind of like it's like it's kind of like baseball baseball is strikeout walker home run Basketball is this slow piece of shit three point fest. That's right. What they do, there's like no defense. And then when you think about that era, you know, of the 60s, 70s, 80s, and early 90s, like basketball was so fucking physical. Like uh, when Jordan put up, I think, like 63 on the Celtics uh, uh-huh. in the 80s. Uh, 85 playoffs he fucking didn't shoot a three <laughs> they're oh, all crap two. like and did they even have threes back then yeah they might not even yeah did they yeah they had them they just weren't they were seen as too risky and the game was inside uh right. and centers were you and it was fucking physical like he was right. knocked down pushed elbowed punched like and today, because of rules, you can just sit back and shoot the ball. Like, right. there, there's no hand checking. There's no anything, it seems like. And so that's why when people talk about, you no, know, LeBron, LeBron James is awesome. He guy's a physical freak. But he, he can score at will because you can't fucking breathe on him. Right. So, yeah. And just like just watching watching the type of of athlete that Jordan was, and then remembering like the greatness, like it's I got I got chills watching like a lot of the 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 episodes just of watching him playing in college, um, which is why I still continue to follow Carolina basketball. When I found out he went there when I was in middle school, I was like, holy shit. So, yeah, but it's crazy. You're, you're reminded of just greatness. And then on top, I like vaguely remember the drama with 
management, but it, you know, I, it brings up memories and then things I didn't realize how like bad it was. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I don't really know the whole story. I just know that like back then I, and like, I didn't follow basketball even that much back then. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, the Bulls pretty, you know, in the nineties, you knew if Michael Jordan was playing an entire year, the Bulls were going to win. Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's just how it went. And I just remember thinking like, why would they disband this team? Like you've won three straight championships, six, eight years. Like, why would you just not keep that going? And it just never made any sense to me why it happened. And maybe this documentary will explain it. It is like, that's the focus of it. Like the two, the first two kind of like lay the groundwork and background. Right. That is still the overall theme because like, no one, uh, when they won the 96-97 title, their fifth one, like, Jordan, Jordan's on the podium, and they're fucking asking him, like, is this the last one? There are all these yeah. rumors out there, and he has, like, just winning has to answer these questions on why they shouldn't break up. And right. fucking Jerry Krause, I mean, yeah. guy... Guy was a sleazebag. He built the team. He he made some great moves, but um, yeah, he he bought into his own hype. He right. thought he was a genius, and I mean, he made genius type moves, but then he started he like he outsmarted himself. Like yeah. any any um jerry reinsdorf own team the people running it fucking outsmart themselves jerry Krauts, yeah. kenny williams john paxson they fucking yeah. think they're geniuses but they fucking aren't they're assholes and well I'm so fucking fired up when i think about these fuckers oh my god well, the thing about, the thing about, i mean the thing about jerry Krause is he's a genius because of michael jordan you know, yeah, and well, like, so we can talk about you can talk about the rest of the team and all of that, but like the only two years they didn't win the championship were the two years that Michael Jordan didn't play the entire year. Well, you know, yeah, kind of, but so he he didn't draft Jordan. Oh, he didn't. No, Rod Thorne drafted him, okay. and then Jerry so Jerry Reinsdorf bought the Bulls. I think I, I can't remember. It says it in, in like eighty four or eighty five. But Kraus came in, I think, in eighty five, eighty six, if I'm not mistaken. But he got the pieces there and got Phil Jackson there because before, when it was just Jordan, they weren't winning. And they didn't really get to the promise land until Krauss put those pieces in. I mean, yeah. Pippen, Grant, Paxson, Phil Jackson, Cartwright, like he he gave him the uh, other other pieces because uh, if it was Jordan and like one okay 
player in like three schmoes, they probably wouldn't have won. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fair enough. I, th- I think he did some great things, but then he kind of thought he was like, he thought he could start from scratch. And that's the issue is you always had, had, had to have Jordan. So, I mean, you're kind of right. Like you, need Jordan and then you can make all those kind of other moves but but if you don't have him if you don't have Phil Jackson either I mean because right before Jackson they aren't fucking winning shit they're like okay with Doug Collins but yeah I don't know yeah. I mean it's a yeah. very interesting documentary and I urge people sports fans or well, it'll be interesting to check it out and to see. watch it because it's <clears throat> i think you know watch this movie because it kind of makes you realize how many great athletes uh chicago has had because overall chicago sports are in recent history are horrible and so yeah you know you have the 2016 Cubs, 2005 White Sox, and 90s Bulls, 85 Bears, uh, the Hawks in in 2010 to 2015. But prior to that, fucking shitty shit. Right, for a long time. (laughs) For a long fucking time. But when you look at, like, individual-wise, Chicago has had some of the best players in history right like so jordan best basketball player ever walter payton one of the best football players ever yeah no though i'm not well versed on hockey i know but i think bobby hole like I I probably yeah. sound really fucking stupid now but <laughs> they've they've had great hockey players Cubs. I mean, you're talking Fergie Jenkins, Ernie Banks, Billy Williams, and recent fucking Rhino, Andre Dawson, Chris right. Bryant, Rizzo. All these like the Ox have had Frank Thomas and <laughs> everybody. Jack else. McDowell. <laughs> Jack McDowell for like three years, but you no. Know, <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Thigpen's like Harold Baines, who apparently is a Hall of Famer. (laughs) Not to go off off on a big sports tangent, um, (laughs) which I have, (laughs) but I used to not be a be a Frank Thomas fan. I think because I will. Uh, was a Cubs fan, and back then you don't like either. You know, you right. uh, if you're a Cubs fan, you don't like the Sox. Blah blah blah. But people, and I love Mike Trout. He he's very entertaining, and he he is awesome. Okay, but his career isn't finished. I'm not ready to call him the best ever. There are people that want to call him the best ever, but. Strictly from an offensive standpoint, okay, their first, like, eight seasons side-by-side, Frank Thomas 
has outpit Mike Trout. Oh, really? In, in almost every major statistical category. Huh, I'll but, have to check it out. Nobody fucking talks about right, right. Frank Thomas. Yes, he, part of it is because I think Trout is a better all-around player, obviously. Right. Because he's a fucking phenomenal fielder, base runner. But, yeah, Frank Thomas has better offensive stats in the same combined, like, eight eight years. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll check that out. I love looking at stuff like that. Yeah. Especially if it reinforces my, my beliefs. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not ready to call uh, Mike Trout the best ever. Like, yeah, not I mean, it, it's, it's a little premature. Right. Maybe after, after like 16 years. Right. But Maybe, I don't you know, think five he, or six more years. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's better than fucking Barry Bonds. Or no, Ben Griffey no. Jr. Yeah, I don't think so. One of the things I've, I've I've implemented in the past, not past since we went to recording on this uh, method, I just bring up a bottle of tea with me and pour it. Nice. <laughs> so I don't have to walk <laughs> down and unless I'm actually making a a cocktail so yeah yeah today. i i i should do that i have that bottle of four roses that i was drinking i don't know last night or the night before and um there's maybe enough for one more drink in there but i didn't i didn't take it tonight right i was just drinking it without anything the other night and i'm i've definitely developed a taste for it there you don't know how much that excites me and I'm telling, yeah, I love, I fucking love when people who aren't traditionally spirit drinkers end up getting into spirits. Yeah, I mean, I because I I was going to, um, I think I might have mentioned the other night I was going to make the rosemary syrup again for the uh, old fashioned, and I just didn't get to it, and mm-hmm. then. The next night I was like, okay, I need a drink. And I was like, I'll just pour some in a glass. And I poured a little bit and I was surprised how good it was. And then I poured a little bit more and it still tasted good. So four roses. uh, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. I like it. It is four roses is, um, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know as much now. It was a kind of a forgotten bourbon actually. They oh, were huge. It? They were huge in the forties and fifties, and kind of. Um, you know, I think spirits kind of fell off. You no know, bourbon yeah. fell off. Vodka was the popular one, and you know, labels like Four Roses were kind of forgotten, or put on the bottom shelf, and. You know, in recent years, people have, you know, realized how fucking awesome it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll definitely get another bottle when this one's gone. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a Four Roses convert. Now. Excellent. Today I'm drinking rum. So. Ah, 
okay. Yes. Diplomatico. Yeah, so the first one I had was Diplomatico. Um, it's a rum out of Venezuela. Very, very good. Um, when people think of rum, they you know, think of Captain Morgan and Bacardi. And they have their plates, but like every other alcohol, uh, there's better stuff out there. And the second right. one I'm drinking is one out of Guatemala. And, and, and I'm going to butcher the name. It's uh, Ron Zacapa. Um, okay. It's fucking awesome. It's very good. I always forget about rum, which is surprising because, like, growing up, like, my, my parents, my mom, like, barely drank at all. I've mm -hmm. seen her have, like, three glasses of wine in my life. And the only thing that my dad ever drinks, he, he'll drink beer, but mm -hmm. um, the most of the time he'll, he'll just get a rum and Coke. Right. And so like, you know, whenever I hear rum, I kind of always associate it with, with that. And, um, I just never think to drink it, you know, but right. I could, I could, I know I like rum. I could get into, mm -hmm. I could get more into that. Too, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, th I think if you want to switch up from the burn of bourbon, or whiskey then rum rum is an excellent option yeah and it it's you know more complex than people think because of all the different countries it comes out of um right in the caribbean and south america there's some awesome yeah. stuff there good stuff out there yep okay uh so I read this article about that's worried about the future of movies with okay. all of the stuff that's going on. And, the, you know, there's speculation over whether there's even going to be like a season of movies this year mm -hmm. because theaters are closed now. And is everything just going to get pushed back or are they just going to, you know, say, you know, there's some movies just aren't going to get released this year and they're going to get pushed back next year or is maybe there's not even going to be theaters anymore. Maybe everything is just going to Netflix, you know, and, and Amazon prime. Um, I saw that Netflix had an increase in subscribers of like 16 million or 19 million in the past month. As and, in, as in like 16 million new, new subscribers. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Which is like crazy. Right. And, you know, the article said, um, you know, that's due to two things, um, coronavirus and the popularity of Tiger King. And I was like, it's it's due to one thing, the <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> like, I didn't watch Tiger King and maybe it's great. I don't know. But like the last I saw, only 31 million people watched it. That was like, that's fewer than watched the 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 final episode of everybody loves Raymond. Like not that many people are watching it, you know, it's popular, but you know, right. To say that that drove 16 million people. Like that's not what did it. It's huge, but yeah, I haven't wa watched it. Like, <laughs> I've heard like after the first episode, it, it, it's a fucking catastrophe. And I could be wrong. I'm just basing it off of things that, things I've read. 
but I don't know. I haven't watched it. I, I haven't watched it, and I um, I probably won't. And like when I when I saw it, when I saw it like advertised, I saw like the picture of the dude and the description, uh-huh. and I just thought, I this is I I ha- I understand. I have it all. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not sure I have to watch this. You know, I don't, and I don't know, maybe it's great. I don't, I'm, you know, it's obviously popular and I'm sure I'm, I'm, I have zero doubts that it's entertaining and that you can get lost in it, but um, it's just not something I'm going to take the time to watch. Um, one of the things that I am going to take the time to watch though, is Ryan Murphy has this series that's coming out on Netflix on May 1st. It's it's about old Hollywood. Okay. Have you seen anything about this? No, I haven't. And Ryan M- Murphy is the creator of the great show Nip Tuck, right? Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you and I know him for Nip Tuck, but everybody else knows him for, like, American Horror Story, I think. Right, and which is fine, He did Glee, too. Fucking Nip Tuck was so good. Nip Tuck, like Nip Tuck is just, that's jewel television right there. Every, like that, it's just great. Every, every season was awesome. And then I, you know, I was behind and I own them all on DVD actually. So, no, I heard uh, at the time that the finale was horrible, but it was fucking good. All of them were good. It was good. exactly what it should have been. Yes. All of them were good. Yeah. That, that's one series that I would, I mean, because it's been, you know, 10 or 12 years since it went off the air or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, that's one series that I would love to just go back and binge and, you know, get get the entire Nip Tuck series done in a month. It's right. so good. We should do that. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, I, I remember the, I, it was like the third or fourth season premiere where the one, the lady is like, she's a super overweight lady uh-huh and she ends up getting stuck to her couch and they can't figure out why they can't get her off the couch yes and it's because her her skin actually grew around yeah. the springs of the couch because yeah. she hadn't moved <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god and then sharon glass or glass or whatever her name is from cagney and lacy is plays like that psycho lady at the at one point that's like killing people yes oh god what a show it's so fucking entertaining it was so good yeah yeah so anyway ryan murphy has this new hollywood series that's that's starting may 1st about life in old hollywood and um it just looks, it looks like the kind of thing that I'm just going to absolutely love because the set design of it just looks crazy and the, the costumes look awesome and it's got like a million people in it. So I'm, I'm like counting the days till May 1st to watch that. I think it's a mini series. I think it's a whole series. I don't think it's just a movie. I think it's, it's like six or seven episodes or something like that. So okay. that'll definitely be another thing for me to report back on. And, but one of the other things that they, cause like all these movies are on hold now, cause like nobody's producing anything. Mm-hmm. And one of the movies that's on hold is apparently their Boz Lerman is, is making this Elvis movie. Who the hell with, is Boz Lerman? Okay. Boz Lerman is a, a director and writer. He did Moulin Rouge. Did you ever see Moulin Rouge? 
No. Oh God, that it was so fantastic. But also the Great Gatsby with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, that that was his. He does these like big, like kind of like big set pieces, and like it. He's another one that like everything's just so colorful and so like dynamic, and it they're they're really good entertaining movies to watch but so he's doing this elvis movie and tom hanks is playing colonel tom parker oh okay i heard about i think i heard about that a couple years ago yeah it's i guess it's been in the works for quite a while and it's supposed to be released like november of 2021 and it's supposed to start shooting soon but it there's a chance that it could get pushed back you know with all stuff going on so I don't know. I'd like to check it out between Boz Lerman and Tom Hanks. I'm sure it's going to be an entertaining movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of movie or no, a lot of movies and shows that are getting pushed back. Yeah. Like, so that's an interesting, like Elvis, like what will it, show us that we don't already know about Elvis. That's what I was wondering. If it, like how, if it, how many fucking movies do you need about Elvis? <laughs> right. And like, if I think the best ones of those movies are, are movies that just take like a, a, a particular incident or a particular time period mm-hmm. and reflect that rather than trying to tell like a whole life right. story or whatever. So I, I mean, I don't know. I, I know that it's happening. I don't know what the story behind it is. Right. And I know like, that the guy playing Elvis, I've never heard of before. I don't even remember his name. So like without walk the line, the Johnny cash biography right. movie, like, no, I know it leaves a ton of shit out and it's edited, but like, do you really need like 50 other movies about Johnny cash? Like, <laughs> Right. And in like Elvis Elvis's life is so like at this point with all the documentaries, all the movies, I feel like his life is so transparent. Like Yeah, it's pretty well chronicled. What the fuck are they gonna say? <laughs> right. Well you have don't you have that book from like back when we were into Elvis, like didn't you have a book that had like day by day yeah. Yeah. life for like so many years? Uh-huh. I still have that. Yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay. I mean, if it, <clears throat> like if there are things in this movie that aren't in this book, I'll be totally floored. I right. feel yeah. like I like knew when Elvis was like taking a shit or like eating a chicken sandwich. Like after <laughs> after reading this book, I mean, I felt like I was hanging out with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I mean, the fact that Tom Hanks is is you know you you have such a big star playing Colonel Tom Parker it makes me wonder if maybe the the emphasis is more on him. Kind of, you know, it's movie but really it's a movie about how Elvis was managed or the, how people took advantage of him right and, you know the mafia and all that crap right which so, is interesting i mean he was yeah, yeah taken advantage of for sure 
Right. You know, he constantly had scoundrels around right. and, you know, so that might be an interesting story to tell, but even that, like, you know, we obviously know that it happened. So is that even a new story? You know, if you and I even know about it, then how much stories are there? I don't know. Right. But, but Boz Lerman makes some good films. So I'll, uh, I'll go check it out All when right. it comes out as long as there's still theaters around. I'm itching to get back at a movie theater. I haven't, obviously haven't been there for a while and now I'd probably miss it more than I ordinarily would. I know you miss it as much as you've gone to theaters. Oh yeah. <laughs> Mr. I can't even remember the last movie I was at. I can't. I fucking can't. That's all right. You're watching, uh, you're watching other good stuff. So and you're drinking good stuff. Is, is your drink chilled tonight or no? Oh, yes. I yeah, pretty much. Um, um, when I'm drinking straight spirits, um, I have them chilled. Um, except with certain certain bourbons, I don't. Uh, I'll I'll just have neat and scotch. I always have neat. I never put scotch on ice. Um, but rum, certain bourbons, rye, you know, I usually put with rocks or a clear ice cube. Um, you know, the rocks I use always are, are laying ice because they're the best chilling ice for rocks drinks. So, you know, make your drink happy, make your mouth happy. Wing ice, wing ice will do it. Mm-hmm. So was I? Did I, was it a good move to drink the uh, the four roses without anything? Oh ye- yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, it tastes, it tastes good to me, so I didn't mind. Yeah, I mean, I think you know when you want the true taste. So uh, the thing with like eighty proof bourbons, there's water added to get. It get it down to that proof. Oh, okay. Like if you want a true taste of what the uh, whiskey is, then you get barrel strength. There's it's, it's just right out of the barrel, but um, having, having bourbon and or whiskey neat is, yeah, it's awesome. I think, um, with certain ones, I add ice because it can get harsh. I like rye whiskey a lot, but it can get really, really spicy, and a little ice just kind of helps out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I didn't want any ice, and I didn't have any ice, so that kind of helped make the decision. <laughs> Ice trays are one of the things that I still have to pick up. That's not on the top of the. Uh, well, I mean, the what the too. fuck are you buying ice trays when you uh, you can buy laying ice? Fuck ice right. trays. See, ice trays Shit. just make like fishy ice. Yeah, I forgot I should support our sponsors. Obviously, oh, laying ice. Wait a minute, sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Yet, just wait. Just wait. Yep. All right. Well. That's that's the end of it, the end of the episode. We've done it. Um, episode number thirty-four, entertaining as usual. 
we'll be back on Monday with another one and a bunch of things that you didn't know that you wanted to hear about. But when you listen to us talk about it, you're like, yeah, I did want to hear about that. So you're welcome. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you then.